Welcome to Star Trek Stuff with Anne. If you can hit the toilet, we're fine. And Adam. Dude, basically like babies are on an acid trip all the time. Leave a review on iTunes already. Well, um, we have a problem, sort of. Yeah? Well, usually we, we get a lot of mileage out of the episodes being bad, but this one like didn't suck. <laughs> so we're going to find out what it's like to review a, a decent episode. It's not perfect. I have some issues with it, but it is a good episode. Yeah. It's it's definitely the first one. I mean, this one's got killer guest star. It's got some uh, fun. Oh, hey, that guy um, mm-hmm. moments and, you know, that kind of thing. So it's yeah. you know, pretty cool. Cool director. Well, not cool director. We'll get into that. But, you know, good, yeah. good director. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This one's called The Andorian yes. Incident because... There's Andorians, and I like that kind of direct sort yeah. of fuck, fucking titling. <laughs> and I wanted, I want to do something with the man Andorian, the Mandalorian Andorian. Something. <laughs> I want to do something with that, but I can't. I can't think of anything. So, Shran just going. This is the way, pink skin. Right, right. <laughs> I just couldn't. I just couldn't get the. I guess it's the Mandorian. The Mandal, yeah, well, Mandorians. Mandorian, Andor- <laughs> Manda- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Instead of them calling him Mando Mandorian. for short, it's Manda. Plus, I love anything with Vulcan culture. I love that whole. It's my favorite. Vulcans are my favorite species in the in the um, canon. So yeah, and the first shot we get is a nice, beautiful matte painting of what conceptually is a Vulcan. Monastery. I was kind of curious about this. Like, they don't really worship God or gods. Right. So, I mean, in the TNG episode, The Gambit, Picard finds a Vulcan artifact that has several gods depicted, including the god of death. And I think something else, I can't remember. Um, but they don't really, I don't think they really worship gods still. So I guess it's just, my head canon is that the religious orders transformed into meditation and the Kulinar thing. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they moved from, uh, you know, some kind of polytheism to a monotheism to a, uh, I was about to say humanist, but, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> a, but the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. logic-based Mm-hmm. Uh, peaceful sort of approach. Surak is like uh, Vulcan Jesus or mm-hmm. Vulcan Kales or whatever. <laughs> or Vulcan Buddha. Yeah. Vulcans always seemed like they were derived from like Asian and Buddhist cultures. I know Roddenberry was a big fan of uh, Japanese culture. Um, Magell and Gene Roddenberry's wedding picture, they were in Japanese wedding attire, which I guess cultural appropriation wasn't really a known thing at the time, yeah. even though it was. Um, I can imagine George Takei being a little eye-rolly. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Oh, you're wearing that, are you? <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, but you can find the Magell and Jean Roddenberry wedding picture uh, well, where they were in traditional Japanese wedding attire. I find that a little odd because he used to shoot them down over the Pacific. Yeah, yeah, he's a weird dude. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I can't imagine doing that after mm. a horrible war 
that the whole world was involved in. I know that that was in like the 60s. And he was, I mean, he was a peacenik. He was definitely like on the leading edge of like, you know, world peace is a thing that we can have, you know, kind of. Oh, of course. He may have been a way of reaching out and, you know, who knows. Yeah, that's kind of hard to wrap my head around, but... If that's what he was going for, then I'm pretty impressed. But yeah, we get uh, the montage of Vulcans meditating and lighting candles and so forth. And I kept waiting for like a bunch of girls named Caitlin to walk in for their yoga session. (laughs) Um, (sighs) So we get we get the super, super aggressive blue guys led by, by the most Karen and Dorian ever. Shran. Yes. And he wants. He wants to see the manager. You want a manager to talk to me? You bring your manager here. If you want to talk to me, you bring your manager here, you idiot, or go speak Chinese with your other staff. <laughs> so, the one and only Jeffrey Coombs. Oh, so good. He's so good. Reanimator himself. You killed him. No, I did not. I gave him life. He is like the king of of character actors, really. He's just so fucking awesome. Like he's he is. super popular among fans. I know we're not alone in just having a whole lot of love for Jeffrey Coombs. The people at Star Trek have to be uh, huge fans because he's in like every series. Everything, yeah, yeah, and multiple times. He's in he's in uh, DS Nine multiple times. As yeah. like four different characters, it's amazing. Yeah, he shows up as uh, the the dude who was like really creepy about getting a hologram of Kira. I want Major Kira. But he was also Brunt, and he did a bunch of episodes as Brunt, the mm-hmm. FCA, uh, the, the IRS guy, or whatever. Yeah, basically, yeah. Brunt, FCA. And then he was. Um, uh, oh my God! I just dropped the name. <laughs> Wayun. He was Wayun. Wayun. Yeah, he was Wayun. Oh, how delightful! And literally, he was several different Wayuns. Oh, that's so, true. So, <laughs> you know, he was not only Wayun, but he was multiple different Wayuns. Um, so he, yeah, he really, really just killed it with that. And obviously, this was them going, please, please do this character. It's also entertaining the andorians are awesome period but the fact that their antenna they made their antenna move in this episode yeah phenomenal that is so cool yeah i saw that there were only three like the main three andorians Mm -hmm. uh shran tholos and i can't remember the other guy's name oh i remember it hang on it's like kylar or something like that well they had movable antenna Mm-hmm. I think there was like one other character or something. Yeah, so, there's four total. Okay, yeah. I think the the one guy didn't get the movable antenna. Oh, so he damn. just kind of had to like hang back or something like that or <laughs> they didn't. Be slightly out of focus, yeah. So, yeah, but that was what I saw was that they had puppeteers, little, you know, th- control things. That's what I was trying to figure out. Like, like, obviously the actors can't do that. No, no, no. So did they have like remote control antenna? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's what they do for 
like the Jim Henson puppets on Farscape okay. and everything like that. They have little remote control people that are just moving the eyes and the mouth oh, wow. and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, just having a little thing that sort of moves around some. That's amazing. Just stick it on Because it's head. all about the emotion that they're feeling, too. In the credits at the very beginning, um, we see that Roxanne Dawson directed this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, oh, man, such a love hate thing with her yeah because yeah i think she was good on voyager um i think she's directed some great stuff she's directed good star trek she's directed mm-hmm. um runaways which you know is an okay show but like her episode mm-hmm. or episodes i think she did more than one were really good um mm-hmm. i think she's a really good director problem yeah. is she's, she's super right wing yeah she's a maggot so it's mm. kind of like, oh, man, come on. I'm, I'm not saying she's stupid. I'm saying she drank the tea as soon as she saw how many how much taxes were taken out of her check. I guess so. Or something. I don't know. But it's so depressing. You know, Oh, and she was married to the dude that played Damar from DS9. I call upon Cardassians everywhere. Resist. Resist today. Resist tomorrow. Resist till the last Dominion soldier has been driven from our soil. That's true. Right. Isn't that weird? Casey Biggs. Yeah. What? They're not still married, right? No, no. They're, yeah, they're divorced, but like, what the fuck? Okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, I just, it just, it really bums me out. I just saw a Voyager episode where she was really good in it. It's the one Mm -hmm. where she um, gets pregnant. Yeah. And I just kind of love her reaction to that and her whole uh all her hang-ups like just like come out mm-hmm. and she's fantastic in that episode and, yeah you yeah. know i just oh it really bumps me out the guy that plays um barkley yeah i was about to say i love barkley but yeah. Bar- but the guy that plays barkley is hyper right wing like, i think he has like cray, a cray yeah i think he has like a hate radio show or whatever mm-hmm. now and so oh god Yep. Ugh, that's such a bummer. Yeah, it's 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 a bummer and it's just odd. Like it's almost like they go to Hollywood and they're like, Well, fuck this. I can't you know, I, I don't I don't know. I just would love to know what what caused that like cascade into complete wing nut right wing thing. A middle aged straight white guy who's yeah. probably frustrated with the Hollywood career. <laughs> yeah. I could yeah. see like there being a lot of pent up rage. And so he adopts this like hate ideology and everything. That's yeah. all this misplaced negativity that like horrible suburban stepdads with low T yeah. just, you know, the, the, which is basically the <laughs> Trump base. That's the Trump base. It's not. It is. It's not no, real. There's totally sure. There's is. the rednecks, you know, and whatever yeah, that are yeah. out in the middle of nowhere and everything whose yeah. votes are uh, disproportionately powerful because of the electoral college. Mm-hmm. That's you know, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. But what really puts these people in power are these frustrated suburbanites. Yep. That are just quietly seething at having black neighbors and things like that. It's true. We forgot the the spot for the. Um, theme song oh well we just we hadn't got we hadn't got to that yet right no no that was basically i want to see the manager oh shit we return you now to your regularly scheduled program that was the best cold open in a (laughs) while instead of like oh boy we're gonna go to the colony and there were a couple of their butts (laughs) yeah it was just like 
<laughs> the last couple of them were just super, super weak. Uh-huh. The, I accidentally started watching the next one, and it's got a really weak uh, mm-hmm. cold open, too. It's like, hey, there's a comet. Neat. <laughs> Neato. But anyway, and theme. Oh, as long as we got each other, we got the world. Trip is literally bitching about the fact that the star charts from the Vulcans have too much information. <laughs> and it was like just a few episodes ago that they were bitching that there wasn't anything to entertain them. Yeah. They're never fucking happy. I kind of get where he's coming from in a way. Sure. It's like, okay, sure. well, we know what's here and mm-hmm. we went to it. Being on an exploration mission and yet retreading ground has to be, yeah, I could see that as being frustrating, you know? I get that. I'm just saying they're never fucking happy. Yeah, they're never happy. <laughs> <laughs> but... But Ahab is like, hey, there's a protostar that we discovered that isn't on the Vulcan star chart. So he's like, it's like you caught your teacher giving a wrong answer on a math problem. Yes. (laughs) No, actually, you forgot to carry the one. Totally. And (laughs) it's like that. And you feel you feel like you're a fucking genius. That's kind of where they're at right now. Not that I ever did Uh that because. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't math. Well, I was never right, so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm as bad at math as Hoshi is at space. Definitely. Same here. I can barely, like, do math in my head, like, two plus five and, like, shit like that. I'm like, wait, what? Plus, I got a COVID test the other day, and they shoved that thing so far Mm -hmm. up my nose that I think whatever knowledge I had about long division got rubbed away. (laughs) That's so much gone, dude. I mean, it's just, like... I think oh. it's, just, it's an absolute brain rub. Just, oh. I was surprised there wasn't gray matter on the little Q-tip thing. Well, at least you've never had a pap smear. Oh, would you take a look at that cervix, Nurse Kislevsky? Hmm, textbook. I'm not the first person who's told you that, I'm sure. Can't hear it enough. It's basically the same thing, but in a different place. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. Sorry. I'm sorry. We can delete that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, though. I might. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> well, T'Pol walks in while they're congratulating themselves, and they basically act like they want to go see the giant ball of yarn. Um, yeah, AKA I don't the, get this. Yeah, it's very strange that they want to go see it in the first place. T'Pol is like, Pajem is not a tourist destination. And they're like, but we want to go. They might have a gift shop. And she's like, you're not going to be fucking welcome, you know? And Trip is like, yeah, it's because we smell bad. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> Among your many, many failings, you smell bad. <laughs> yeah. That's it, the least of it. Yeah, I don't get this. They're just, they're, they're just. I don't get this. Like, they were just bitching about the Vulcans. Mm -hmm. They have bitched about the Vulcans in every single episode. And they're bitching about uh, not seeing anything new and not really exploring anything. And then they're like, oh, hey, Vulcan giant ball of twine off Mm -hmm. of Route 66. Let's go. I, I, I don't get this motivation at all. I don't either. It's very... Very odd. I don't know how to like re- retreat that in a script to, be, to give neither. them a reason to go there. 
Yeah. Unless there's a problem with the ship or something and they have to mm-hmm. vote, then why would you go to a monastery? Yeah, I, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. It, I think he tries to talk about it later when he's super pissed off. Uh, but we'll get there. Um, but yeah, she's 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 like, okay, I'm not going to win this one. So she's like, I'll go find out how to make sure that we're not assholes when we go. <laughs> like she's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I'll just find out to make sure that you're not going to be a jerk. I kind of like this, like, uh, now I have to figure out how to teach you table manners mm-hmm. because we're going to go hang out with the pre, you know, it just, uh, yeah, I feel bad yeah. for it. Once again, I like, do. Every episode, I'm like, poor to Paul. Every single <laughs> <Yeah>. episode. <laughs> so true. So, speaking of which, the next scene is to Paul and Phlox eating. And I am I kind of realized this before, but this really makes me real. Have you noticed how much this show revolves around fucking food? It definitely includes food more than yeah. uh, TNG. Voyager included food a lot because you had Neelix who was always like cooking right. something. I keep thinking about how um, in the movie W, mm-hmm. the Oliver Stone movie about George W. Bush, they had him eating a lot. Mm-hmm. And Oliver Stone said that he did that on purpose because it's sort of grounding and physical. And, mm. and I think that they were going for something similar with Enterprise, because they're trying to mm-hmm. make it a little bit human, like us human. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that they're just kind of trying to... Humanize? Yeah, I think that they're just trying to humanize it, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's there's some other term. There's something else that's eluding me right now, but... I think I get what you mean. They're trying to bring bring you closer to the characters when they have a snack. Yeah, and all the mess hall tables are like mm-hmm. these little small round tables... Mm-hmm. Uh, disco, they're in the mess hall off and on, mm-hmm. not all the time. Yeah, but it's also a place where you have more intimate conversations. That makes sense. More character development conversations, I guess. Yeah, I think it's easier to develop character and have mm-hmm. characters talking about more food. personal stuff <laughs> around food than mm-hmm. around uh, consoles. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. The writers, yeah, they're probably like, we need to have this deeply personal and intimate conversation. It would be weird to do it, you know, in the midst of battle or, you know, when we're trying to do techno babble in between the intimate conversation. Maybe they had, maybe that was easier to do it, you know, around a dinner table instead. And it's telling that we don't really see Mayweather in the. <laughs> Mess all yeah. much because they just cannot no develop that character. Nope, cannot. Just can't. Can't give him anything. Flox uh, asks her, you know, if she's basically if she's excited about introducing uh, the crew to other Vulcans, and she gives him the biggest eat shit and die face. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like ouch. You know? She has a great eat shit and die face while she's, still maintaining the Vulcan thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, and if Flox like takes food off of her plate, yeah. The first time I watched it, I thought, okay, this conversation from his end is totally in good faith. Yeah. Oh, but uh, you were exploring the galaxy, and he's talking about the Vulcan infinite diversity and infinite combinations, mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that. And he's like, oh, th- this will be nice. You get to yeah. have this part of your life meet this part of your life, and 
it all seemed really positive. And then when I watched it again, I was like, it seems kind of passive aggressive. Thank you. And then he takes the food off of her plate. Yeah. Well, he does the, he takes the food off first and then he starts in with the, and I love the edict idea. It's, it's fantastic. Life itself wouldn't have evolved without this, but yeah, he, he takes the food off her plate and he's, and then he asks, may I? And it's really, yeah, it's really fucking passive aggressive. I kept trying to think, is this passive aggressive Mm -hmm. or is he cluelessly happy about food like that? Because he's talked about in a previous episode how Denobulans don't really talk. When they eat, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so maybe he doesn't understand the etiquette. Right, right. Possibly. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, that's the best I can do, though, yeah. Yeah, that's the best I yeah. can think of. Well, and here's my problem. The women on the ship seem to be, so far, seem to be consistently trying to make their voices heard and keep getting shut down. Hoshi, I'm scared. Mm. I don't know what I can do this. I don't know space. I can't do this. You know, And instead of the plot helping her and giving her comfort and tips on how to cope, they just throw her into the deep end. She manages to scramble out an outcome where they don't die, and they just call it solved. Yeah. And then every time T'Pol warns them against a certain course of action, they either ignore her, put her way of life and race down, or act like she's being a poopy head. And she's consistently proven correct. And now when she's slightly slightly embarrassed about introducing this smelly bunch of racist clods to other Vulcans, (laughs) she's admonished by flocks for not being Vulcan enough. And it's kind of fucked up. At some point, she's got to just snap. Enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking humans on this motherfucking ship. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, now that you pointed out, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Wait, who wrote mm. this one? Yeah, Berman and Braga. Berman and Braga wrote it? Yeah, there was another guy named Frank De- Frank Fred Decker, but it's Berman, Bra- Braga, and Decker. Yeah. I was like, awesome. So then we're in engineering, and T'Pol is going over protocol, and uh, you know she's like, okay, make sure you don't talk to anyone unless they talk to you. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah blah. She's basically going over all their manners and things like that. She does this thing, and I loved this mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. It was a way to reveal how nervous and embarrassed she actually yes. was about this whole situation, where she brushes dirt or yeah, something off of their shoulders i loved that yeah it was so good <laughs> she doesn't say anything she doesn't do a weird expression she does she's very it's totally to paul mm-hmm. and she just kind of as she's talking just kind of okay you need to clean up yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah uh that's one of my favorite moments in this episode i, I think i do t- it's mine too yeah it's so subtle and so like brief and and they don't what's what crap what, what kind of makes me mad is that ahab doesn't really catch it yeah you know like they act like they listen and they agree and then ahab like says you know side side says to um, Trippy's like, oh, that was so hard, you know, like, and I'm like, fuck you, dude. He, she is really trying. And it's like, yeah. they just cannot pick up on anything she is giving them. I kind of feel the same way every time I do orientation for the grad students. Like every year I'm like, check your fucking email, please. I'm telling you, you could <laughs> not graduate. I'm please check your email. But they never fucking do. There's always some idiot that's like, I didn't know. 
and then I have to do extra work. She's like, I'm telling you this now so you don't screw this up later. Exactly. And of course, they screw as you found later. out in the situation you just described, <laughs> they're going to screw it up later. <laughs> I really uh, feel I feel worse and worse for her. It's yeah. with this. Yeah. <laughs> like we're gonna have to look for a point when to Paul and the other characters actually help each other and she's not constantly bailing them out or helping them figure stuff out or whatever. But right now it's just this it's this Berman and Braga fucking treat the woman like shit and expect her to do better thing. I'd love to see <laughs> somebody go like, look. <laughs> to Paul has been right about every fucking thing <laughs> so far. I would love that. And has keeps and she keeps bailing us out. Yeah. Somebody fucking say this. Yeah. Somebody yeah. somebody at some point uh stick up for her. Yeah. Exactly. So they show the the gorgeous matte painting again, which I love. I looked this up about the matte painting. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, oh, yay, classic Trek matte painting. But I wasn't sure, so I kind of went back and looked at it, and I was like, is this CG? It is CG, Mm. but it's a matte painting. It's a CG matte painting. They did a matte painting like in the style of the classic ones from TNG and all that, whatever. Uh But they did it, you know, CG instead of it actually being a painting painting. Okay. It's still pretty. I like it. I'm not knocking it. I'm saying like... It's neat because they were like, okay, well, we do CG stuff now, mm-hmm. but they did it in a way that sort of kept consistency mm-hmm. with the shows that were just a few years before this. That's cool. I'm a big architecture nerd, so this this was like, I was like, ooh, this is supposedly Vulcan architecture. It's obviously very Japanese and, and has some Chinese influence, you know, and all that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was just, I, I, I thought it was very pretty. Yeah, it's cool. They get to those doors... Guess what? The doors were the exact same doors, like the same giant props or whatever, Mm -hmm. as when they went to the Klingon High Council (laughs) to drop off the blood spy guy. (laughs) That does not surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a very strong feeling that they did not have a great budget this season. Which, that's generally the case with first season of science fiction. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, they're like, okay, here's here's, $10, go make a show. If anybody watches it, we'll give you 20 next Mm, next year. Yeah, we'll double your budget. This is what's weird, though. She makes this, Paul makes this weird excuse for the door being all fucked up. Yeah, it was like clearly bashed in from the center. Like yesterday. It wasn't run down (laughs) or anything. It's not old and decrepit. It's like violence recently happened. Yeah. To this door, and she's like, "Well, it's old, so yeah, you know, yeah." <laughs> it didn't make any. Damn it doesn't sense. make any sense whatsoever. It's a very odd thing that they did to her, um, and and then they do that. They ring the bell, and they literally wait like three point two seconds before wondering why nobody comes to the door. Starfleet has zero patience exactly. for this. They have no chill. They cannot wait. <laughs> they they hail somebody. Beep beep. Okay, nobody answered. <laughs> <laughs> like. What do you? What? Uh, they did that on the last episode. They're yeah. like, okay, we're hailing the surface where no one is expecting us, and there's no reason to believe that there is right. anyone working comms at all because no one has been to this planet in seventy years. Yeah, seventy. Yeah, yeah seventy <laughs> years. And they're just just like beep beep. Ah, oh, shit. Nobody's, nobody's there. Nobody's answering. <laughs> Every Trek show does this. Uh-huh. All of them. Uh-huh. Every Starfleet crew does this. Yep. Beep, beep. Nope, nope. They're not there. <laughs> <laughs> they're like those shitty FedEx guys who are supposed, oh my God, to, yes. supposed to get a signature. And they yeah. just kind of like, 
Knock, knock. Okay, nobody's here. Gotta go. Bye. Yeah. And they yeah. just leave it and run or just take <laughs> it with them. Leave that really annoying sticky note that has like illegible fucking writing on it that's like, you weren't here. Come to the oh, office during I've normal business it. hours when you can't leave your job and come get your package. <laughs> like, I okay. hate that so much. Oh. All right. So they get into this place. And uh, they're looking around. Uh, there's a monk that's there, and he's just, like, standing there. Uh, this guy looked kind of familiar to he me. Does. So I l- looked him up. Um, I don't have any specific memory of this mm. at all, but he was on a few episodes of Buffy. Yeah. God. He was, like... And, and, and Here's the thing that's so frustrating to me, is that his his character was, like this special ops guy for the Watcher Council. So he was like Section 31 for the Watchers and shit. And I have zero memory of this at all. Yeah, I have zero memory of that. It was like Season 1 or 2 or something like that. I think it was really early. And I just, nothing nothing about that stuck in my brain. I don't know why. Me neither, yeah. Yeah. But that was a thing. It happened. I don't know. But I do like how those doors open. How they're like, sort of like barn doors and they kind of swing on the on the on like a weird axis cool um and yeah and and ahab and trip are like mugging for the camera waiting for someone to talk to them first um <laughs> which is just hilarious they're like mm, 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 mm. <laughs> you know and i'm like come on dude damn hams dicks in this scene they are they're such hams um also to paul's poor weird ass wig god that's oh, what the yeah. fuck with that wig um <laughs> So she go, she talks to him and they uh, find out that they have arrived during the time of Kolinar, which means they should leave. Um, and I don't know if you remember where Kolinar first came into the whole Trek canon. I don't. But it was Star Trek 1. So it was the first Star Trek movie. Okay. And Spock had been on Vulcan. Oh. And it's and Star Trek 1 is not my not a great movie. He was going to purge all emotion or whatever, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he decided not to. I kind of dig the the motion picture. I mean, you know, you can't be sober and watch it, but like, no, it's uh, it's I don't know, I, I like it. It's pretty cool. I, if you can like fast forward through a bunch of scenes, like especially the the um the starship boner shots, <laughs> where it's just long shots of the bo- you know, yeah. the ship with the theme song. They were going for that Arthur C. Clarke thing. Yeah, if you can fast forward through those bits, it's not bad. It's a little, it's a little odd, but it's not bad. Um, I remember as a kid being like weirdly transfixed by that whole. Um, basically, it's the the pre Star Child thing where Spock is traveling through right. Vijer and it's just like here's a color, mm-hmm. here's another color, yeah, here's a pattern. <laughs> and you know, I'm a little kid, so I'm not high or anything, but like, you know. no. <laughs> But little kids are kind of high all the time, so it's fine. A friend of mine yeah. pointed that out once. No, they totally he's are. Like, he's like, dude, basically, like yeah. babies are on an acid trip all the time because they're just having uh-huh. everything's totally. new, so they're having their mind blown like all the time, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but yeah, so so yeah, that's that's Colinar is the the complete purging of emotion and okay. and Spock decided not to do it, which is kind of cool and ahab is like okay that's cool at least we got to see the place and i'm like why did you want to see the place it's so weird i mean the um, episode before yeah. this 
they were just hanging out with like humans. They had that whole thing with people who were just mm-hmm. humans. And then, uh, like yeah. I said before, they've been bitching about Vulcans all this time. The two uh, civilizations that they have all the experience with are humans and Vulcans. And they're complaining mm-hmm. that they're not finding anything new. Why do you stop off to go see the Vulcans? I don't get this at all. <laughs> yes. It just does not make any fucking sense at all. So they start noticing that shit <sighs> is like knocked over. and Yeah, she's the only one who notices it. She notices that there's that one thing that's askew. And then the guy goes to get the stone. And then mm-hmm. they start like, like, huh, why is this place like... yeah. Messed up. Fucked up, yeah. I did laugh when Trip was like, you call that agitated? Because he call- he does it with such a straight face. Yeah. Like, from anyone else, done any way else, it would not have been as funny But when he does that. Um, but he starts, Ahab starts this weird, like, shamble and blabber Columbo detective thing. I believe you killed Sharon Wanton. And I believe you're trying to kill Dr. Heidemann. Lieutenant Columbo, you're remarkable. It's so weird. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even think of it as Columbo detective thing. It's he totally ca- Columbo, yeah. Well, because he hadn't even caught on yet at that Not point. Not really, no. He catches yeah. it in a second. He sees the Andorian, mm-hmm. but uh-huh. he hadn't got there yet. He does this later. Yeah. The kind of shambling, rambling Columbo thing or whatever while yeah. he's like pulling a sneaky move. But yeah, right, you're right. right. It's like they had him do that, but there's no like reason for it. It's really strange. This is just my, you know, headcanon. But he's seeing um, to Paul is like, you know, something's off. And he and she says that the the Vulcan monk is agitated. And so he's like trying to poke, you know, and like kind of go, is something wrong? You know, and just kind of, you know, poke around. And that's when he sees the Andorian. Okay. yeah, right, right. So he doesn't he doesn't know there's something wrong, but he's just kind of poking. And seeing, you know, seeing what comes, you know, back at him. Right. Um, I like the yeah. idea of him, how he sees this sort of reflection. It's kind of miraculous, yeah. though, honestly. <laughs> like, he I'm does like, really? Stum- <laughs> he does stumble into it. <laughs> and he just sees, like, like, a blue guy. They've never seen these people before. Right. So he's just like, blue guy. Better kick his ass. And somehow he man- he sees that the guy's holding a gun? I guess he saw the gun. He- yeah, because he motions to Trip that like he he kind of motions a gun to Trip, and I'm like, how uh, the fuck did you see that in the in that incredibly round fucked up image? Like, I'm like okay, all right, yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna give you that one because really, before they like a- attack the guy through the what is clearly one of those I don't, there's, there's a word for it those those changing room divider Break things away. or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, it's what's it called? It's like um uh well it's breakaway um wood okay but but well, that's no, just no. for the, the stunt what, what do you call that where it's like it's just a room screen room screen yeah and like mm-hmm. old t- you, you'd see like old-timey movies and like a lady goes behind it and like super right. fast changes behind it yeah. and like throws <laughs> throws a bra throws the- over the top or <laughs> yeah. something and the guy's like <laughs> pulls on his uh <laughs> I better finish this sentence. Uh, pulls on his collar, and the little steam comes out. Right, right. <laughs> they smash yeah. through it and everything like that. Uh, but before he smashes yeah. through it, the guy from Buffy comes out, and he's he's like, "Here's the rock of something, something souvenirness." Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he goes to do this, there is a cut. I love this so much to trip, uh-huh. and he just quickly like bows his head. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> growing up Catholic, man, that happens all the time. <laughs> You're sort of distracted or whatever, and then you realize everybody's oh, doing, oh. starting to do either the, the bow your head or kneel thing. You right. Go, oh, well, you should. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I love that. So, I laugh so hard. Because it's just real quick, it's just real short, like, yeah. thing, you know, there's not a lot there. But when yeah. he does it, I just, I was like, that's a, that's that's a so Catholic move true. right there. It's, it's very, very, very true to life, yeah. Because I'm usually the one who's distracted by something, and I'm like, oh, shit, everybody's praying, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, uh, the big family dinner. Yeah. And then they're like, they start to, you know, say a prayer or whatever like that, and then you and... Like you go, oh right, yeah, well, uh-huh. this, this bullshit, and so you kind of <laughs> put your head, and then you peek up and look and see who else knows it's bullshit, and then you're like, yeah, what's yeah. up, man? Like you, you good now? Like yep. now y'all get along better. It's true. Um, so yeah, so all the Andorians come up, you know, show up when when they do that. Um, they try. Paul tries to reach for the gun, and all the other Andorians, you know, they all get shoved into the holding room with all the other monks. That gun sucks. Yeah, it does. What's what's with the shitty guns on this show? Mm-hmm. They all suck. Yeah, like, that thing looks like a uh, like a three D like a first gen like the three the shitty three D printers that we have now. Yeah, <laughs> it's just because it's just like plain gray, unpainted. There's no no effort in it. It's just like a toy gun that they just painted boring gray. Uh-huh. It was just there's nothing there. And anyway, I just noticed that because I was like. You know what? The gun sucked in the last one too, but yeah. the last one had some character because it was a Han Solo toy. But right. this one was just, we- and it had this really cheap little plastic like tube in the back or something, mm-hmm. and it just looks so shitty. It does. It's not. It's yeah, yeah. Nobody's gonna want one of those for you know, for their mantelpiece or whatever. Here's the thing with weapons: if mm. you want a weapon to like actually intimidate on screen, it has to look like it has weight. Yes, it cannot look plastic and light. It has to look like a physical thing that has a little bit of heft to it. Otherwise, there's just no threat in it at all. It just exactly. looks like a toy. Yeah. So, Shran. Yeah. Here we go. They don't actually introduce Shran. When you've got the closed captioning on, it does not say his name. It just says Andorian 1. I, th- oh. I think it's not till later that we actually find out his name. Um, and they And he takes over the questioning. This is a this this very short scene is really weird to me though because mm-hmm. it's from behind Shran and Shran and Archer you know Ahab are talking and Shran you know Jeffrey Combs is not as tall as um what's his face so like yeah he's a short guy right? he's, he's kind he's of a he's not guy. a yeah he's not a tall dude so like he's maybe like five seven or something but like he's standing in front of Archer. And the camera is like showing his the back of his head, huh. and it's like, and he's right up, you know, trying to question Arthur. Or, <laughs> he's right up there trying to <laughs> question Ahab, and it's just not intimidating. It's a really weird directorial choice, is all I'm saying. Huh, okay, it would have been so much better if they had already shoved the three of them to the ground. Or put them on a bench or something, and Shran was standing over them. Yeah. But the way they shot it does not look scary. You know, there's no there's no threat there. Yeah, you got to shoot for as much threat as you can when you have like really unintimidating weapons. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
The other uh, guy, his sort of like henchman number one, mm-hmm. uh, is a guy named Stephen Dennis. He did a bunch of episodes of Voyager as different characters. Is he the super fucking creaky, creepy dude? Yeah, he's the okay. rapey guy. Yeah. His forehead is so huge. <laughs> it really it's is. the biggest forehead <laughs> I've ever seen. On and He's perfect for Star Trek. Oh, like, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> the man is a canvas. <laughs> All Star the makeup Trek artists makeup. are like, yes, I love working with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I really feel like he could have just been like on call all the time oh, for I'm, Star yeah. Trek. Just yeah, because, totally. Oh, oh, we need a guy <laughs> and we're going to do a forehead thing with this alien. <laughs> it's always a nose thing and or a forehead and thing. A forehead so thing. We, need, we need lots of space. It's enormous. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> breathtaking in how like weirdly gigantic it is. I'll have to look up the actor. That's so funny. His name is Stephen Dennis. Is it Stephen with a PH? Nah, with an S. He is a assistant professor of theater in Pennsylvania. We, oh my God, I see him. He does have a huge forehead. Dude. It's like the, the whole, t- like from his eyes up is like bigger than it should be. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> Like from the tip, the top of his ears and the top of his eyebrows, that whole section above, you know, basically from there up is just so much bigger than it should be. It, That's hilarious. It just keeps going. It just. <laughs> oh, it's oh, that's astonishing, hilarious. this man's forehead. <laughs> you should look up a picture of him, y'all. Um, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. Story. I'm sorry no. to Professor Dennis. <laughs> No, I'm sure he's a very nice man. I have no um, reason to believe you suck. He did, like, I'm sorry, <laughs> man. I, I, I'm sure you're... Professor Dennis, I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> and I want you to know that we thought you did a very good job in this episode. Yes, yes you did. I hated your guts. I hated this character so much because he's such a creep. Yeah, could have been maybe a little more threatening. But, I mean, I realize this mm, is yeah. UPN. This is, you know, regular TV Right, at this right. time, so it's okay. Right, Cause, uh, true. Because he does, he starts doing like creepy, like rapey, he's uh, harassing to Paul. Oh, yeah, he's so gross. It's so upsetting. I felt like it was dialed back. I think that that could have been... It could have been a, a lot harder. A lot worse. Yeah, oh. but honestly, it, it made my skin crawl just fine, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was very, very uncomfortable. I, I kept thinking about that scene, like, for comparison... Uh, the scene, the last episode of Firefly, when the bounty hunter guy is on, like, sneaks onto the ship. Yeah. And he corners Kaylee. Mm. That scene is one of the most terrifying things I have yes. ever seen. Yes. So we're nowhere near that. No. <laughs> which is which is great. So mm. I'm glad, you know, because you can, you can crank that to 11. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Originally, that scene in Firefly was more like this, and mm-hmm. Whedon was like, let's try and really, really Ugh, go there Jesus. and see what happens. And he said no one would talk to him on the set for the rest of the day. Oh, my God. <laughs> because it was so fucking terrifying. It is. It. it I yeah. mean, it, it really, yeah, yeah. And it's, and any, and I mean, I got to be honest, this is one of the reasons why, the only thing I really hate about this episode is that. Because it's so like, oh God, gross. It, because it's it's he's not just 
it's not just sexual violence. He's threatening violence, violence. Yeah. You know, it's it's this very like he's going to kill you after what he does, whatever he's going to do to you. Because and he does it twice. Mm-hmm. The second the second time is this really incel thing where he's just like, "I'll kill the other males." Yeah, for you. Yeah. You know, it's just. Oh. And here I am again, going for work, being single all alone, castrated from society, just like always. Me and my big cock. Especially for T'Pol in that scene, he's talking about her mating rituals, which is not something Falcons talk about. Yeah, true. You know, that is so intimate and so personal and so, like, taboo for them to even discuss. Yeah, and so, rare. So, yeah, and incredibly rare. Upon far, it's every seven years, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, but, um, but one thing I was thinking about, though, because if you do look at it from the Andorians' perspective, them arriving at the monastery, acting the way they did, and, and having T'Pol with them really does, from their perspective, prove their paranoid feelings. Oh, yeah. Their motivation makes a whole lot more sense than um, the Enterprise Mm crew's motivation. Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, One of the other Andorians was, just just quick aside, was the Axanar captain from the uh, Is Hoshi the Slug episode. Oh, okay. That's cool. He was the guy that Hoshi all of a sudden could magically speak his language. Yes, yeah, so that was him under heavy, heavy makeup as uh-huh. the XNR captain. So cool. he's the guy who's like working the. He's the other one, not the rapey one, and not yeah. the um, and not Jeffrey Combs, Kalar or something like yeah. that. I can't remember something like that. But we get we get a good backstory of the Andorians, which is nice. The Vulcans are giving it to us though, which is you know, of course, they're super prejudiced, you know, thing. It's very mean girls that thing. That it is. Like, they don't like us because we're like so yes. amazing. You know what? It's not my fault you're like in love with me or something. What? Oh no, she did not. They resent the Vulcan's superior reasoning and technology. And what I noticed, <laughs> so okay, shitty. it is. She sounds like she's reading from a script. Huh. And that's what most of the time, that's what, you know, racists do. They bark back all of the dog whistles that they've been fed. You know, over the oh, years. Oh, good observation. And it's such a, like, yeah. And I was like, oh, God, that's exactly what racists do. They just go. Wow. Yes, they resent the Vulcan's superior reasoning and tech. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a great observation. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't hear, like, new insights no. from shitty racist no. people. <laughs> it's never, it's never like they have bad food or, like, their their dental practices are odd and you know off-putting it's it's like it's always like the exact same bullshit every single time okay i'm confused are the bags on or off i think we all think the bags was a nice idea yeah mm-hmm. but not pointing the fingers they could have been done better. <laughs> There's a Vulcan initiate. His his name isn't given uh, for some reason because he has a bunch of screen time and right. lines, but he doesn't mm-hmm. have a, a name. Vulcan initiate. I called him Dorky Vulcan. Oh, I called him Sassy Vulcan. No, Sassy Dorky Vulcan. He like practically eye rolls a couple times, and he's he does. Yeah, and he sound, but he sounds a lot like Kiff from Futurama. <laughs> I thought it was the same act. I had to look it up. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, it's Kiff, it's Kiff, right? Because I couldn't remember what that guy looked like, and so yeah, I had yeah. to look it up. And, no, 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 totally Kiff. different guy. Yeah, totally different guy. He's never been in like anything I've ever seen. Okay, he does not hide his emotion well. No, there's like a little mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after everything yeah. he says. Yep. 
It's true. I guess that's why he's just an initiate. Yes, exactly. But yeah, the the Andorians believe that the Vulcans are bet, bent on conquest of the Andorian system, which is something to remember for later. They are specifically talking about and looking for like spy equipment. Mm-hmm. Which sounds batshit insane mm-hmm. to everyone, right? You know, right. Audience included so far. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they're they're you know punching out Arthur for all, uh, <laughs> I did it to us at Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. <laughs> Reed is trying to write the book on Starfleet standard procedure with this moment, which is great. I lo- I lo- I actually really appreciate this because this is what I was looking for from this show yes this is what i wanted out of enterprise was them creating standard procedure and why did they do it you know like this is this is exactly what i wanted from this show um so he's talking about you look for other ships in the area when you fucking visit somewhere that just makes sense yeah and um checking in which is something they talk about on tos so, I mean, they're definitely, like, they're, they're hitting those those little moments, and I wish they'd do that more. I guess this will be the thing that Reed, uh, hopefully, kind of keeps coming back to. Kind of, yeah. There's definitely some moments. It's early days, yeah. so somebody's got to start filling out the uh, the manual. And he does, there is, there's definitely an episode where it's really um, actually part of the plot, um, that that happens. Okay, cool. In that same scene, poor Milk Toast just gets a maybe everything's okay line. <laughs> God, that poor guy. Jesus well, Christ. Hoshi too. They're both just like, what? What are you like worried about, man? Yeah, <laughs> it's just so... a monastery. But the switch from Hoshi saying maybe they're just me- meditating to Shran beating the shit out of the captain—that's pretty great. That's a great cut. You're yeah. right. Yeah, Shran is punching him out for info. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that ever work? I mean, I keep no. thinking about, uh, like, in real life, would that ever okay. work? Okay, I, I did watch um, an interview, or I don't know if it was an interview or... Yeah, I mean, it was an interview. It was um, just this YouTube video of uh, this guy who was a military um, slash CIA interrogator. And he talked about, he said... Beating somebody up does not work because they will tell you anything to make it stop. They will give you that. They'll tell you that the sky is purple and completely agree with you that the sky is purple. So that's useless. They should call that the nice guy Eddie principle. Are you beating up? Maybe he could tell us who the fuck set us up. If you fucking beat this prick long enough, he'll tell you you started the goddamn Chicago fire. Now that don't necessarily make it fucking so. What you do is you you give them stuff. I will make sure that your family is safe if you tell me where blah, blah, blah is. I'll make sure that you are taken care of. I'll make sure that your children get educated. I'll make sure that your uncle is okay. He's in prison, you know. Um, That's how you get people to talk. Carrots work better than sticks when you're trying to get information. As my grandfather always said, you can't catch a fly with vinegar. Okay, the weird thing is, like... I do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> except with like wine. <laughs> like you leave out old wine. Oh, okay. Um, and the vinegariness, the sugar and the vinegar I'll as that as the that sugar then. is like turning into vinegar, <laughs> the flies just like fly right into it and go, "Oh shit, I'm in wine." <laughs> I'll just cut the whole thing then. <laughs> Not to like argue with your no, grandfather, no, no, but no. like just mm, cut sorry. cut the whole thing. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I think it was I think it was what it, what it was was you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. I think that's what he said. That might be true. I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say that that is true. Probably. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not really in the business of catching flies. Shran is beating the shit out of Archer, and um, Archer's phone rings. Shran loves that Ahab gets pissed off, though. He he really yeah. reacts to that, and like di- he's like, Hell, okay, all right, you're not a fucking piece of shit Vulcan, all right. Um, but yeah, it, I wish they had done something better than the pink skin thing. Because if they if milk toast had been there, would they have called him pink skin? Right, right. I'm kind of envisioning like a future episode where like he says it a couple times in the episode. Yeah, and then like uh, Mayweather's there and he goes to say it and he just kind of stops and then yeah. looks at him like, okay, anyway, <laughs> never mind. That, that's not gonna work. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel but like Coombs could pull off some kind of way to do that where it's not horrible, you know? Yeah, oh, I'm sure he could. I'm sure he could. He's he's a consummate actor. It is weird, the whole pink skin thing, but uh, there's something really enjoyable about Jeffrey Coombs just yelling that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how he, he pulls that off. Just yelling racist shit, like, works. It does. I mean, cause, well, it's not, I mean it's, it's white people, so it's like, you know, whatever. But, uh... Him just yelling that is fantastic. Like I said, he has been a character actor for so long that I mean, and he's done so many roles that he's, he's just I mean, just give him anything and he'll be awesome at it. You know, what was that Michael J. Fox movie with the ghosts that he was in where he was like the Frighteners, the Frighteners. Yeah, he was like Mulder cranked to 11 in that episode in that in that movie. Oh, he was so good in that movie. You have violated my personal bubble. Yeah. Oh, he was so good. He was so weird, and it was so. It was. That's a great movie. It's one of it those is. ones that doesn't very much gets uh, overlooked a lot, but it's a fantastic movie. That thing where he's like losing it, and he's like, "My body is a roadmap of pain." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that shit is amazing. So the communicator goes off, and Shran answers, and he gives this incredibly standard hostage situation speech kind of but also there's no demands and no it's just that's like, true that's true if you come here i'll kill you yeah then- <laughs> that's it and then he smashes all of the communicators with a rock i think the same rock the the ceremonial rock or whatever oh i didn't even realize that i think i don't know i i I, it seemed like it, but I could be wrong about that. This is really dumb on Shran's part because if he's got a ship and a crew and there's all those resources, mm-hmm. I just I feel like you could try and bargain yeah. for the information mm-hmm. that you want from the ship with the hostages' lives. But he's just like, I'm going to smash your phones, and he just <laughs> smashes them. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think you just shot yourself in the <laughs> foot, man. I agree, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, plus the fact that you can't, like, monitor what they're doing. Yeah. Like, if you don't have any kind of communication, then you can't, like, read them, you know, their emotions and their, you know, what they're saying um, to kind of gauge what's going to happen. So, yeah, it's kind of a dumb move. But, I mean, they are definitely portraying Shran and their other Andorians as impulsive. Yeah, they're... Uh, kind of playing them against the Vulcan mm-hmm. thing yeah. as just being 
uh, overly emotional. Ooh, and... I just thought of something. I'm having one of those things. You know, a headache with pictures. An idea? Mm-hmm. On Vulcan, it's super hot, and it's all these warm colors. Like, all, the Vul- all of the shots of Vulcan, and every time you see Vulcans, they're always wearing warm colors. But the right. and- Andorians live on a cold planet... And all, and you always see them in cool colors, but their temperaments are are opposite. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Holy shit! I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it, but it's there. Ah, nice. Yeah, you got some good observations today. It's like oh, thank you. Thank it's you. like you pay attention to Star Trek or something. <laughs> I, I yeah, that's like I said. The only reason I'm doing uh, a podcast about Star Trek is because I have no other knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> this is basically what I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just so sad. Um, so. Hell no, it's awesome. <laughs> Fuck it. Who yeah, cares? It. It's Who late cares? stage capitalism. We're all going to die. <laughs> like, exactly. Enjoy Star Trek while you can. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Um, so they. Two of the. Ride endurance. the top of, of the tsunami as it crashes into <laughs> civilization. <laughs> Ride the wave. <laughs> on the surfboard of Star Trek. Thanks, Gene. And just <laughs> crash in. Who gives a shit? Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. What else yeah. are we going to fucking do? Why not? Believe in a better future. I love it. it, it exactly. I mean, that's what Star Trek's about. Exactly. Believe in a better future. Yeah. So when they were on the phone, Trin was like, uh, go away, fuck you, die. And then yeah. he destroys the phones. I kind of, it's very in character, Reed's reaction to this. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay. And so he just, just <laughs> says, let's prep a shuttle, because Shran ain't the boss of me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're not my supervisor! But it's actually, it's a, I mean, it's very competent. You know, he's like, get the shuttle ready. He doesn't say launch the shuttle. He just says, get the shuttle ready. Read up on the read up on the Andorians. I kind of like Reed at the helm. It yeah. makes more sense than, uh, than Trip at the helm. Oh, God, actually, yeah. you know what? It doesn't make it, I just realized this. It doesn't make any sense that Trip is there. <laughs> no, it really If you want to go on a cultural exchange yeah. thing, why do you bring Florida man? Exactly. Why on earth would you bring Florida man? Yeah, no, yeah. To the museum. <laughs> you know, he's just going to like chew on stuff and impregnate somebody. And maybe fuck something. Yeah. Because <laughs> Bring Hoshi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at least she could speak to them in Vulcan. I mean, shit. Yeah, that should have been Hoshi. That makes way more sense. It makes zero sense to bring Florida Man on a cultural appreciation mission. So two of the Andorians are systematically searching the monastery. The other two are, you know, guarding the prisoners. Um, And creepy, creepy Andorians suggest they decapitate two of the Vulcans to make Ahab talk. He just went like right to 11. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not like we're going to pull out their fingernails or whatever they yeah. do in movies, you know, to like torture somebody. It's right. just straight up. We're going to cut. We're going to cut the head off. off. Yeah. <sighs> That's fucked. It is <laughs> like <laughs> that is zero to 60. Exactly. Just. Yeah. I mean, he really is like super fucking creepy. Like the other the other Andorians do not creep me out. As, or and Shran, of obviously does not creep me out like this dude does. That fucking forehead, forehead man. He, he didn't have to say a damn thing. Yeah. That forehead just like towering over you like a monolith. 
<laughs> blue monolith. Uh, you're always worried he's going to tip over, you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, so they dump Archer in the hostage room with the other hostages, mm. and he says butt where he should Ugh. say ass as an adult again. God, what is with the fucking Ahab youth pastor thing? Um, yeah. So I wanted to talk <laughs> so about... Weird. It is so weird. Our first look at the Endorians was on an episode called Journey to Babel on, on TOS. Um, the actor that... So there was two of the two Andorians on the ship because it was like a, a diplomatic mission. The one dude who was the ambassador had this amazing accent. I have no idea where the accent was from, but it was like this really like thick, like I had to, the, when I was a kid and watched it, I was like, what the fuck is that guy saying? Have you met Garth before, ambassador? You know, and then later I understood it better, but like what I wanted was that all Andorians had that accent, but it's not. That's not the case. Uh, I guess that would be a pretty difficult thing to ask. It's kind of like the uh, Babylon 5. Yeah. We had the, the one guy, the guy with the big hair or whatever. Right. Talks like Dracula. And right. then nobody, nobody else does. Nobody else does. <laughs> they were like, no, no. It's so <laughs> we're, weird. Not, the rest of us aren't doing that. <laughs> That's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> So um, one of the, I love this like little tiny scene where one of the older Vulcans, I call him main monk, um, asked to Paul about how bad the smell is living with humans. And her response reminds me of what I used to say about cleaning the 40 watt after a show is you get used to it. And I didn't, but I didn't get a nasal numbing agent. So, I mean, you know. Well, the watts always clean, you know, when, when we go in, you yeah. know, and those of us that go in for shows. So, you know, the great, good crew there and apologies to them. And <laughs> I don't think I've ever done anything gross. Oh, I'm sure I puked in the bathroom once oh, or yeah. twice. Yeah. But that's fine. Like, like not on the floor or anything. If you can hit the toilet, we're fine. Yeah. Uh, anyway, in this scene, he does this thing where he's like, well, uh, we need a plan or whatever. And he's like, I'm all ears. And he looks around at all the Vulcans and he's like, mm -hmm, sorry, no, no offense. offense. Why? Why is that? Why is that? Why? Because it's not like the Vulcans have unusually large ears or like they have four. They're just. Yeah, they just ears. have a little, little bink. They're spike different on shape. It on the top. That's it. That's the only yeah. thing. He also keeps using the phrase, you people, which sucks. Very cringe. Don't write mm. the phrase you people. Like, don't, don't write Please, that. just don't. Don't say that out loud. I mean, uh -uh. if you're told to say that out loud, just go, um, could we possibly? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, most of the jokes <sighs> so far, according to my notes, I don't remember mm. all of them, so help me out maybe, but yeah. so far every joke has been like racially based. Yes. There's something uh -huh. you know race related about each supposed joke that's happened. I mean, you can kind of say it about what uh, Trip did when he was like, "You call that agitated," but the laugh was more about the way he yeah. said it than I wouldn't think of that one. I think there was whatever. stuff earlier, or whatever. That I'm just like, yeah, yeah. it's it's all every. Yeah. There wasn't any. There haven't been a lot of like laugh out loud in this or anything but it's no, right it's, uh, mm -hmm. it feels a little cheap i don't know i don't not mm -hmm. loving that um the priest says okay well it turns out there's like catacombs under all this and there's a radio and all this so yeah. go go down there yeah they never do answer like why they have it but he's but trip's like i never met a radio that i can't get pregnant i mean <laughs> fix because anything goes to florida 
so they go in the in the secret passage. I was thinking, wow, these caves um, just look a whole lot better than last time. They're lit differently. They're yeah. uh, sort of sand co- colored, you know, instead of right. the the grayish of the rock from the mm-hmm. last one. <gasps> nope, they're the same ones. I looked it up. They're the yeah. exact same caves. <laughs> they just shot them differently Jesus and lit, lit it differently what with the torchlight uh, and stuff like that so hey you know what though yeah. kudos like because i thought oh these caves are so much better right right I, then last episode same damn caves so all right cool yeah props because i honestly thought they yeah. were like brand new ones considering he says something about like uh you know the the stuff down there is priceless and it would uh, harm us harm the vulcans like more than you can imagine and ca- the only thing i can think of was the whole katra thing where they can like transmit their thoughts and their lives to somebody but that hasn't been even introduced yet yeah so i don't think that's what they were trying to say well i thought that he was just saying we do have all these relics there and they are important but also Mm. telling him to be careful because he knows what's really down there yeah but i'm not yeah entirely clear on who all anyway so we'll we'll get there in a bit but um oh we forgot to mention okay so in this scene you see it from behind but the Mm -hmm. room that the big room or whatever like that has this giant face it's so awesome (laughs) i laughed so hard when i first saw it just this big (laughs) oh It's so awesome. It is the best. Oh my God. It is the absolute best. If I had a giant mansion and therefore was rich, I, I would be very eccentric. Yeah. That would be the prop that I would, <laughs> or set dressing or whatever, that I would chase down and just have it in my totally. house. Just this big giant. Uh. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh my God. But yeah, Trip like, sees like, the three holes that has light coming through it. So, and, and, you know, the audience is like, boop, that's the cool face and carving in the atrium. It's seen at the top of the episode. We've right. seen it, you know, but like somehow he doesn't figure that out, which I think is bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird that it, it doesn't connect. He has to figure that out later. Mm-hmm. The guy can fix any radio, yeah. but he can't see that the face thing is the face yeah. thing. But mm, all right. Anyway. So he gets, he gets started on the radio and I don't mean he fucks it. <laughs> He gives this dork, he gives this, okay, so he pulls out, you know, some part or whatever, and he, like, turns around to dorky, Vul- dorky sassy Vulcan and is like, and is like, oh, this has the blah, blah, blah kind of power cell. What? <laughs> Why was that significant in any way whatsoever? Yeah. Like, he specifically names it and is like, oh, you know, and I'm like, what does that have to do yeah. with shit? I don't know. It was very odd. Was that supposed to tell us something? I don't. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, did it mean something, or is it just Trip being like geeky about like some kind of you know? Yeah. Like, like why is that line there? Like, what? Is, yeah. I don't. I don't get that either. I don't get that. So then, back to the room where the hostages are, and mm-hmm. my big question is, how does Jolene Blaylock sit down in that outfit? God, yeah, no shit. That corset thing that they have her in, that she's just like poured into or whatever just mm-hmm. like how does she okay i mean that that can't no. be comfortable at all this poor no. woman he gets a hold of a blanket this gets passed around a little bit then he gets a hold of this blanket and then he i don't know i'm not comfortable with this he he kind of pressures her to get under the blanket with him 
Yeah. She's like, but you smell bad and I can handle the cold. He's like, and he's like, no, get on the blanket. Get under with the me. blanket. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. The conduct you have just seen is not appropriate in the workplace. They're, they're sitting there and he's discussing different, like, attack scenarios or assault scenarios with uh, assault scenarios with T'Pol. And she knocks down each one. And I'm like, why is he captain? Does he have any, like, <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, I realize she's smart and she's been a security officer and all that. But, I mean, I can only assume that he's just, like, spitballing. Yeah. But it's still shitty ideas. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're the captain. And she's like, no, we don't want to do any violent stuff. He pulls the you people line again. Uh-huh. I really love how she's like... Whatever with your bullshit, and then just turns and yanks the whole blanket. Yes, and he's just sitting yeah, there and like, just keeps it. Well, what did I do? <laughs> but she's trying to explain that it's not just about them. This is, I mean, she's talking about like this could cause a war between Andoria and Vulcan. It's destruction of a priceless, like you know, one of a kind monastery, and he just like does not get it at all yeah he has no appreciation for the delicateness of the situation and he's not exactly a you know diplomat in as we've seen many times before (laughs) so he you peoples her again and then he like you know at is an asshole to the guys that are listening in all the other monks that are listening in but it shuts him up for a second and then we come to the crux of why he's what he's doing He's asking her where her loyalties lie. Mm-hmm. And he's like, are you going to be a good girl and help us? Are you going to be, you know, loyal to the Vulcans around you? Yeah. And she's like, she's like, I have never disobeyed your orders. Yeah. And I wish you would like hit him with one of the statues that are that's sitting around. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Just smack him over the face. But she's like, I have never disobeyed your orders. And he and that shuts him up. Finally. And that's when she takes the blanket. He is particularly bad in this scene. Like, Mm -hmm. just, dude, like, really uncalled for shit. Yeah. Back on the bridge, uh, really just to break from the action on the thing, because nothing happens in this. Uh, Florida man uh, calls the ship. He's like, yeah, hey, um, don't do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Captain says don't do nothing. Like, I don't know why that, I don't know. Anyway, that's weird. But Milk Toast did get in kind of something snarky. What was that? I don't remember. Uh, Reed was going back and forth and back and forth, and he, and, and Milk Toast is like, you're wearing a hole in the deck, sir, you know, or something like that. And uh, it's like, yeah. oh, Milk Toast actually had a line. Yeah. It wasn't a good line, but it's fine. Weak. But yeah, they catch each other up. Reed's been, you know, studying up on the Andorians, and Trip tells him to cool his, you know, don't send in the dogs or anything. Um and yeah and then they're back you know the next day or whatever yeah back at the matte painting mm-hmm. they discover the duh face was the back of the duh face the three face holes yeah they come up with this idea i like it it's pretty good yeah so archer ahab um captain beckett goes in and just like fucks <laughs> with the andorians yeah he does another columbo thing yeah though. he's totally doing the columbo again the action in this is is kind of bad. Like it's like it's, yeah, it's it kind of WWE uh, <laughs> kick in the side, and uh, it, <laughs> like this isn't good. Especially like when they 
get him down and kick him in the ribs or whatever. It's like yeah. there's a way to cut that, Roxy, where uh-huh. uh, you know it doesn't look like he's like fake kicking him, but you know, right? Oh well, that's all right. Yeah, and and when he does throw the little figurine down the hole in the face, which is the whole point of what he was doing, was to to test that it was the same place. Um, which I'm like, why did they need to do that? Really. Um, it was not very well done. Yeah. Like he gets up and he just like throws it in like, and it's a really like, I don't know. It, it could have been so much more sleight of hand and it would have been so much cooler if he had been able to do it and you didn't even see him do it or something, you know? Definitely. Because I was thinking, okay, this looks like wrestling right now where there's like mm-hmm. the one move and then, ah, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. acting, and then <laughs> another violence thing, and then ah, you know, yeah. so it looks like yeah. looks like wrestling. And then when he's down, he does the pull the little thing out of the uh, the sleeve, right. which yeah. if you've ever been to like like indie wrestling stuff, these mm-hmm. guys mm-hmm. will keep razor blades in there. Oh. They'll be like, oh, I'm down, and then take the little razor blade, and then like cut themselves in the face so that they're. They're oh. bleeding and it looks like they're all beat up. Damn! But they're usually pretty bad at the sleight of hand part of it. Like you can right, see right, them doing right. it. Yeah. So I just busted out laughing. I was like, "He's pulling out the razor. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna pick up a chair in a minute." <laughs> but yeah, and that's how bad the sleight of hand was when he throws the the little figurine in. Because I was like, "God, that could have been like he could have what he could have done was like grabbed." the bottom lip of the you know the face and just like dropped it when he picked his hand back up like you can hear it go blink 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 and like fall down yeah (laughs) like it's not good he turns kind of to his side like he could have like covered it with his body but he turns to to like like his left or whatever as he drops it like look at me drop the thing and right (laughs) yeah it's not subtle that is bad i i feel like they they were telling the audience that they thought they were stupid. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, I was like, why, you know. I think there's cause to think these guys might be stupid. I mean, they smashed yeah, the communicators, this which would have, could have potentially gotten them what they wanted. Yeah. Their, their technology isn't up to either the Vulcans or even the humans. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. or I should say, Starfleets, but uh, yeah. they're not acting rationally at all. No, not at all. I don't know. I kind of get it. After they drag Archer away, Shran does realize that something was off. You know, he does kind of go, "What the fuck was that all about?" You know, yeah. And he does kind of look around a lot, which good, but it seems silly because why couldn't they? The Vulcans have confirmed that yes, those three eye face holes or whatever, those three lit holes. Yes, that is the statue in the atrium, why did they have to go through the whole process of Archer getting beat up and throwing the little thing down there just for Trip to come back through the catacombs and show them the little figurine? Yeah. We knew, as the audience, we know that. (laughs) We know what that is. Like, why do we have to go through this whole thing of Archer getting, you know, Ahab getting his ass kicked again? I assume that, like, in real monasteries and stuff uh all the yeah. priests are like banging each other <laughs> so yeah. i'm thinking that the big uh, face is like the vulcan glory hole <laughs> right oh, oh my god maybe they just don't admit where their glory hole is is what you're saying no they're not gonna tell them you know yeah, they're gonna okay. they're just gonna hide it in plain sight right there right 
See, okay, it's I making it. the expression that you make during, while you're at a glory <laughs> hole anyway. <laughs> so back on the ship, uh, Reed and some dudes that look like they say dude a lot get onto the hair, the transporter. And then why is Hoshi running the transporter? I have no idea. Just, there's Why is there not a Scotty for that? There's no engineer at all. Nobody in the engineering staff that, that like knows how to work the transporter. They're like, hey, you yeah. can't do anything in space. Come work the most dangerous technology we have. Beam us down. Yeah, it'll be fine. What the fuck? That is the weirdest part of this whole episode is why Hoshi... Is beaming them down. And anyway. Trip should be the one beaming them down. There's no reason mm-hmm. for him to be on the museum field trip. It makes right. no sense whatsoever. Yeah. So you would probably, I don't know, I keep thinking, yeah, Hoshi would be the person that you bring. I don't know. I mean, uh-huh. she, I don't know, whatever. And it just seems to, that would seem to work. Yeah. Or I guess maybe, anyway, honestly, anyone but Trip. So have Trip be the got be Scotty in this situation. It just it doesn't yeah. make any sense for him to be there. Or at all. I mean, and if and if you have to have Trip down on the surface, any other engineering staff. Yeah, exactly. Someone who knows how the I'm going to scramble your molecules and put them back together machine, machine works. works. Yeah. So they beam down and run into the tunnels before the Andorians come back in. And Shran puts creepy Andorian in charge to watch them because he's, uh, you know, he's like, obviously there's something going on. Hey, real quick. Um, yeah. Uh, trivia thing. The area where they set up and built and shot this transporter scene mm-hmm. was right next to the area where they set up, built and shot the transporter scene from the motion picture. Oh, that fucked up one where they he, like oh, yeah. accidentally transported people wrong. They're like, you yeah. Know, oh like that. god, that was super disturbing. Yeah, that was freaky. Same place. So basically, in, this huh. was in the same place. Weird, interesting. Once I read that, it kind of made me think about that scene. And God, yeah, it made it kind of more funny or poignant or something. Yeah, that yeah. they were nervous about getting in it. Ironic. I've heard stories, man. Yeah, it was right over there, man. <laughs> <laughs> shit was <laughs> fucked up it, oh god yeah that was a very disturbing fucking scene especially like for some people for people can you imagine like being a tos fan like a young tos fan and then this movie comes out and you're like cool oh my god a new movie and you're like ooh, i like the you know the long scenes of you know panning over the ship and everything and then that scene comes on yeah. what the fuck would i mean that would be so weird i'd be like it's fucked. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Okay. So creepy and Dorian is again creeping on to Paul, and this is when he's like trying to talk her into like, "I'll kill somebody for you." forehead just fall over um so reed is setting up the charges and the andorians are freaking out because they can tell that there's three more people around them but they can't tell where they are so they're like so this like little bit of a tense moment where like you're you know waiting for them to find them and they don't find them and then they blow up the glory hole (laughs) friday nights there will never be the same Three holes, one monk. Um, 
Um, I love that. I just love the image of that big face just exploding. <laughs> it looks awesome. It was. It, it did look awesome. That's a good shot because they do a little bit of slow mo. Yeah. Well, and done. Shran is like kind of thrown. You know. Yeah. It so, looks yeah. cool. Yeah. Usually the Enterprise crew is at a technological disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of cool to watch them go like, ah, well, we have this. We can kind of pull this little maneuver. Yeah. Using our tech because we're used mm-hmm. to, you know, TNG and Disney, <laughs> that whole era. Them having pretty fancy tech and we see them dealing with a lot of exactly, civilizations yeah. that are like Lower. behind the curve. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. People mm-hmm. going like, wow, this is amazing and that yeah. sort of thing. And yeah. then most of the time in Enterprise, they're just like, huh? How do we, huh? How did you do that? Our phasers suck. They're shields? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. So it's cool. It's cool watching them kind of get one over on somebody. The uh, Tran and Caval, that's his name, Caval, go down into the catacombs. Yeah. Um, and you're like, oh, shit, you know. And Ahab is trying very hard to take down Creepy, almost gets killed, and Reed shoots Creepy in the back. Yeah. Um, which which is awesome. And, the you know, Mr. Main Monk is super pissed about what's going on, but, like, yeah, they've all nobody stood cares. around and just kind of watched this happen. Yeah, They're like nobody not, cares. We don't do the violence thing, so y'all yeah. just kind of fight. We'll just kind of stand here. Um, so they're heading into the catacombs after them. Dorky slash sassy Vulcan says, "I'm going with you." Um, and I didn't quite he, understand why they went after them, because they already established earlier yeah. that you that there's no way outside once you're in the right. catacombs. That's true. So it's like, Why all right, go after well, them? we'll just um, wait for them to come out. Beam down more guys with more guns. Why didn't they just do that and like stand outside all the e- entrances to the catacombs and just wait? Just hang out. Be like, all right, well, <laughs> <laughs> they've gotten Damn. themselves stuck. So <laughs> they'll either starve to death or they'll come out. Yeah. Who wants a snack? Yeah. <laughs> This but he but but Dorky Vulcan says he he significantly gives main main Vulcan main monk Vulcan like this significant look you know and we must protect what is ours you know and we're like okay all right so there's obviously something else going on because they you know the music kind of swells and they kind of focus in on main Vulcan wanted to make a comment here though the makeup is awesome yeah, it is good, especially on they the Andorians. Get really, they look fantastic. Yeah, they get really close on the Andorian faces. And and this guy, they really have like a green cast um, to his eyes, like around his eyes and mm-hmm. stuff. They actually make him look kind of green. Oh. And then later when you see um, dorky, sassy Vulcan um, in brighter light, he looks kind of green. And it's pretty. Oh, that's okay. pretty awesome. Yeah, I was like, that's good because it's really. I mean, you know, how do you make people look? You know, humans look green without making them look, you know, ill. Yeah, and it makes sense. You know, uh, the Vulcans are you know green blooded. Yeah. When people get flushed, white people get right. like reddish when they blush, and it's because of red blood on uh, lighter skin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. That they, that uh, some green tint would show up, so yeah, it, it totally yeah. works. They didn't yeah. really do that with Spock. No, they just kind of had some mascara kind of on him, and that was about I th- it. I really. think they just they just kind of covered his the pink though. They made him look more pale yeah. instead of like they just made him they just made him you know had a lot of matte makeup, so it was really um, just uniform. So he didn't he didn't blush. 
Right, right, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't very realistic looking because first of all, that dude had spectacular skin. Mm, yeah. You know, I mean, his cheeks and everything were always just like. Ooh, there's an android bottom, eh, Data? <laughs> anyway, um, so dorky Vulcan is like trying to keep them away from the reliquary, and almost like he's hiding something or something. Oh. Um, hmm. And Ahab's like, dude, it doesn't fucking matter. Let's go, you know. Um, and then they go in there, and the reliquary has like reliquary. The reliquary had, goddamn, reliquary. That's an amazing word. Like, I've, was that? <sighs> did they say that? Yeah. Because that's an incredible word. I'm just like, wow, that did you know that crazy. word? I thought you knew, like, knew that word. No, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do know the word, but like, yeah, they call it the reliquary. All right. Um, but it has lit candles everywhere. <laughs> Our most what precious the fuck? And, uh, and, and sacred things. They're very fragile. Let's leave fire on in the room. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and nobody should go in there because it's like a sting video or something. What the <laughs> fuck? And there's tons of them. It's so, anyway, it's so weird. But yeah, firefight, lots of shit gets destroyed. So then during this firefight, the curtain, there's a, a curtain that's there somewhere, mm-hmm. and it gets partially shot, I think, by Sassy Vulcan. Uh, yes! When he's yes, screwing it does, the thing yeah. Up. So he causes uh, this problem that's about to happen. And uh, then, uh, lo and behold, it's the door to Cerebro. Yes! Thank you! <laughs> it's, like, it's the fucking door to Professor X's chamber of whatever the fuck. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's absolutely fucking Cerebro. It totally is. Oh, my God. But then, hey, uh, Patrick Stewart played Professor X, so canon. Uh, the X-Men yeah. are canon. That's what that means. Um, but, yeah, th- so the door opens. Like, like during the firefight, like, um, Ahab sees the door and he's like during the firefight he like sort of pulls the tapestry or whatever it is down then like you know kind of crawls over and like opens the door and everybody does the Spielberg looking shot oh yeah like everybody's like oh and and you don't see what they're seeing it's just you seeing other people looking at things and you know he's like you know stop firing and and I think you want to see this and then you see the enormous, which of course is CG, I'm assuming, um, multi-level complex. It's huge. It's huge. Huge issue. Huge. 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 Huge issue. Huge. 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 And very cool looking. And there's like CG people, uh, what looks like CG people, just kind of mm. like walking in the background. They don't notice that the I door know. that <laughs> never opens is open. <laughs> I noticed that too. I was like, you couldn't make like a reaction from them or something, you know? Yeah, have a couple of extras kind of turn and look, with, you know, in yeah. makeup. I mean, I don't know, whatever. Well, I say it never yeah. opens. We don't know how often this thing opens. That's true. But, that's, know, true. That's, that's true. That's you know, true. Let's be, I'll, I'll be fair. That's not either, that's neither here nor there. Um, but Ahab is pissed. Yeah. He's super pissed off. And to Paul looks totally, her mind is completely blown. Like she's very like, uh, you know. Yeah. I like that she didn't know. If she knew, I think that this would change. Oh, 
would have changed everything about this episode. And it would change her relationship to the rest of the crew. They're like, okay, no. Absolutely. Because there's been a couple of times where they're like, okay, you could have told us this, but this would be just seriously straight up like lying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I think would be kind of over the line for her. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, she looks incredibly shocked. And he tells her to take pictures to start recording. Yeah. Which she's like, oh, okay. You know, and she she kind of for a second is like still feeling, you know, maybe because she was like Vulcan security, we find out later. Oh, okay. Um, so she's kind of, there's, you know, kind of a hesitation there. Um, but at that moment, dorky Vulcan tries to like kill a like he puts a, the the weird looking plastic gun to <laughs> Ahab's back of the neck. You know, Vulcans are. It's been established Vulcans are uh, a lot physically stronger than humans. But like, yeah, one like Batman suck to the jaw and like, <laughs> <laughs> down he goes, completely out cold. It's so funny. Just being, yeah, yeah it's almost silly because it's like rubbing his jaw later. It's like. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know, know. yeah, but yeah, Yeah. I I like I like this twist. I like how this happens, Mm -hmm. and um, even if you see that twist or whatever that the Andorians Mm -hmm. were right all Mm -hmm. along coming, to me, kind of the more interesting thing or the more the the actual twist is Archer just going like, all right, all and getting to Paul to like turn over all the information Mm -hmm. to the Andorians, yeah, who he has one just met and two gotten the shit kicked out of him by many times yeah they've you know turned him into a hostage they've beaten him all this stuff like that mm-hmm. and he was but he has so much internal anti-vulcan rage because they were <laughs> exactly because they were mean to his dad <laughs> that he's like oh let's <laughs> fuck over the vulcans <laughs> for fucking shran i love it <laughs> It's just like, okay, you may have beat the shit out of me, but they were like mean to my dad. So, uh-huh. <laughs> fuck them. And T'Pol goes with it. Yep. All right. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. She totally. Does. Yeah. She's like, okay. But yeah, it's very satisfying ending, though. It really is. And I mean, it's justified, I think, for T'Pol because he's like, the Vulcans broke the treaty. Mm-hmm. They, they talked yes. about how there was an agreement in place where this kind of stuff wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And here they are doing the wrong thing. And that's why T'Pol yeah. is like, well, uh, nah, fuck it. And she just gives yep. it to... Uh, well, to the Andorians. And Reed, like, says, he was like, there's enough equipment here to tell, you know, what every Andorian has for breakfast. And I'm like, that's pretty fucking sophisticated if they're not even in the same planetary system. And this is the second time that Reed just, like, all of a sudden knows some shit. Like, yeah. he did that before yeah. when they found the dead aliens. And he just looks, true, yeah. looks at the dead <laughs> aliens and he goes, he looks at aliens that could have easily been, like, hybrid. He doesn't know anything right. about them. And just goes, yeah. like, yeah, well, they're all they're dead. They're dead. And then the same thing <laughs> with this. True. He's like, well, I know how this works. <laughs> I know this can, this system I've never seen before and basically can't comprehend because of the level of technology I usually use. Yeah, this, this is what this does. That's true. <laughs> this is... How good this is. Oh, He's full of surprises, but, that Malcolm Reed. Yeah, he is. He is. He's amazing. Um, but And Shran, oh, Jeffrey Combs, this this little shot right here where Jeffrey Combs is like, you know, we're in your debt. Like, that's just awesome. Because it's a shot, like, straight, like, to, to the side of his face and it, him looking at Archer and everything and, and says that, you know, they're in here dead or whatever. Yeah. And... 
it's it's just a it's really effective um and that you know that might never come up again <laughs> yeah i have my That'll doubts come up yeah um and it's over and that's it yeah they just like mm-hmm. show them taking off and that is the end yeah. of the episode mm-hmm. uh, I, kn- I know that uh, the Andorians and Shran in particular keep coming back later. Yeah. I don't know if there's any repercussions as far as the Vulcans and them getting caught out on some bullshit. We'll uh, see. If that, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I, Cause I, I mm. cannot remember. Hey, here's a fun fact before we yeah. do the uh, segments that we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't supposed to be the Andorians originally. Oh, it was supposed to be. The Gorn. Oh, wow. Oh, that would have been so cool. Yeah, I think it was just a matter of them remembering that the Gorn don't talk. Right. So <laughs> that's that's what I found anyway. They're like, oh, wait, they don't like, you know, yeah. have conversations. That, that that won't work at all. And then, of course. Plus the, the suits and the CGI yeah, and all yeah. that. It, yeah. It's a lot cheaper to just, you know. Make some actors Have blue. Have Dorians. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Plus, they hired that guy with the big forehead, so. Yeah, right? They already have that forehead. You can't cover up that forehead. Mm-mm. It's, no, it's genius. It's a canvas. It's a canvas, exactly. The, the <laughs> other random thing I found was the name of Bacula's stunt double. This is the greatest oh? name I've ever heard. What is it? Diamond Farnsworth. Bullshit! That's, that's bull. No I way that is that the right name. I found that. I was like, what? no fucking way. Nobody's name is Diamond Farnsworth. I am looking that up right now. Oh, my God. I just sat there and stared at that when I saw it. I was like, no. What? <laughs> it is Diamond Farnsworth, the stunt double. What the fuck? Oh, Diamond Farnsworth. Oh, that is man. amazing. Holy shit. And he is a man's man. Good Lord. Yeah? Yeah, he's like the man, manliest man I think I've ever seen. <laughs> he's, he's a man's man that mans all over the place. I didn't... That is I, crazy. I haven't seen him. Hold on. Now I want to look it up. Yeah, you got it. Well, his birth name was Richard. Okay. Oh. oh. But, but still. What? Holy shit, this guy. Oh, he, oh, he was the stunt coordinator for Quantum Leap. Oh, fuck yeah. That's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes perfect sense now. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yeah, and he's been Bacula's stunt double for a really long time, obviously. Yeah. All of his pictures are him in, like, cowboy hats. Right, right. Like the, like I said, he's the manliest man who's ever manned. All right. So, uh, did you have a band name? I have three. Awesome, because I have like none. I'm gonna have to like come up really? with something real fast. I don't know. Oh man, pajam and the holograms. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. that's just sitting right there. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Pajam and the holograms. I did not um, think of the glory hole, but but I did do three hole reliquary. Oh, okay. That's that's a bit much. I don't know. Yeah. How, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> but you know, it, it, nobody wants to put that on a marquee or a no, flyer. No. No. Three, three would be the numbery. Th- three the would be the number. I like. I wouldn't ask anybody to type. You know, put out three written. <laughs> three but yeah, three hold reliquary. 
but gem and the holograms. And the other one, I, the only one I could think of was blue antenna. I thought that was kind of cool. Blue antenna. Okay. Very 80s new wave. How about three holes down? There you go. And, instead of three doors down. No, God, fuck that. That's no. awful. Um, <laughs> let's see. What was it? Oh, eternal forehead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Um, All right, sassy Vulcan's name was Vulcan Initiate, maybe like the Initiate, or that. Yeah, I don't know. This is what happens when I'm trying to come up with shit on the fly, because I really just nothing jumped out at me when I was watching Mm -hmm. this as band name. Yeah, the the gem and the holograms thing was just that was just me going. You know, that's that's just showing my age, really. No, nah, that's great. Fuck it. We were talking about Shiro <laughs> last episode. Whatever. You know. Yeah, exactly. True, true, true. Not just the new one. We're, we're talking about the original one, so fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a recommenda- a non-Trek recommendation? Yeah. I'm going to go with a music one for this. Okay. Uh, there's a band. Uh, there's an act called Lee Baines Third and the Glory Fires. And they awesome. fucking rock. Yeah, it's a it's like a southern rock band, but it's like kind of on the edge of punk, but without being without it being like cow punk or anything or or over earnest folk punk or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. they're like a southern rock band on sub pop. What nice say say the name again. So Lee Baines the Third and the Glory Fires, fantastic band. Uh, yeah, they just rock. That's that's about okay. that's about it. That's what I got. I will check them out. What about you? So I have um, a Star Trek recommendation and a non-Star Trek recommendation. I don't know if anybody out there has been watching uh, Lower Decks, but I think it's fucking great. Like anybody who's, I love it. If you're steeped in, you know, Star Trek geekdom, that is a fucking funny ass show because they totally reference stuff. They're very, very good at. Um, you know, just throwing stuff out there. And, and you know, if you're a big Star Trek geek, you're going to love it. There's so much there. I'm, I am shocked at how many people don't like it. <laughs> it's like, I think it's fucking great. I thought I'd see a lot more hate for it than, uh, than I did. I've seen, mm-hmm, but most mm-hmm. of my Star Trek online conversations take place in the Star Trek shitposting group. Right. And... Lower Decks is basically shitposting the animated series. It is. Exactly. It totally is. It is shitposting. Anim- it's absolutely. I thought our show was like, you know, shitposting uh, colon enterprise. But yeah. the Lower Decks is, I mean, honestly, they have to just be going through that group, that Facebook group, the Star Trek shitposting. Yeah. And looking for ideas there because totally it's so so funny and it is it does have that Rick and Morty sort of animation like it's mm-hmm. in that neighborhood kind of and yeah it's it in is, that neighborhood yeah yeah and one of the producers was a producer on Rick and Morty it's not mm-hmm. Justin Roiland or uh, or Dan Harmon it's uh, no it's uh, McManahan I, I, I forgot his name but um, mm-hmm. so there's something close to that. You know, that's but there. other than a very slight, you know, comedy esque 
kind of thing. It's not the same. No, no, it's not, not at all. It's not trying to be Rick and Morty or anything like it that. It doesn't have that libertarian nihilistic thing <laughs> that Rick and Morty has at all. It is a uh, Trek series. Definitely. Uh, and it, look, it's an co- animated comedy series. Like, don't mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. it too serious and what's canon and yeah. what's not. It's just fun. It's just fun. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of awesome, my non-Trek recommendation is Lovecraft Country. Holy shit, this is good. Oh, yeah? I would rec. I mean, if you don't have HBO, fucking get it for this. Because it was so, it, it blew my fucking mind. Being a TV addict, you get kind of jaded. You know, you're like, oh, I don't know. It doesn't look as good as something else. You know, but this is great i was on the edge of my sheet seat from the very first moment till the very end um Shit. it's fantastic it was scary and scary on multiple levels the monsters didn't actually come into play until maybe the last 20 minutes of the show oh wow but okay there's monsters throughout so i mean it's just it's fantastic it was so well written is it taken from uh, Lovecraft stories or just kind of has the vibe? Yes. No, no, it, it is. Okay, so it's it was a book. Um, Lovecraft uh, Country was a book. And that was done based on Lovecraft stories. So it's an adaptation of an adaptation? Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like fan fiction done into a show. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. But it's phenomenally good. Okay. Killer. Mm-hmm. Cool. Did it trek? Yes. I mean, the certainly the action. Um it's it's not one that I can point to another episode of another show and say, you know, it's like this episode, which is good. You know, I mean that's that's certainly a plus. Um, but basically the plot was very Trek. Um, it resolved fairly peacefully, um, you know, and, and there was a lot of cultural understanding going back and forth and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah, it tracked. It did Trek. I think the more we talked about it, the less I liked the episode. Like, the more I was like, oh, oh yeah, no. that didn't work. You know, <laughs> different things. Because oh, no. when I first saw it, I was like, okay, the only thing that straight doesn't make any sense is... Mm-hmm. Why they went? At, Why they went in the first place? Yeah, yeah, which is a bad way to start a premise. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we're gonna <laughs> have all this stuff happen for no reason. But uh, before we kind of started breaking it down, I was like, this one actually kind of rocked. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that was probably my probably my influence. I apologize. <laughs> It's still like the best episode so far. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's definitely the best episode so far. I was worried we wouldn't have anything to talk about. We'd just be like, oh, well, this one was pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. See you next week. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I always have stuff to bitch about. No, I'm just... <laughs> yeah. uh, keep listening, y'all. The next episode is... Um... It's called Breaking the Ice. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Another know. episode with a very pointed and annoyingly on the nose title. Okay. 
<laughs> and hey, hailing frequencies are open. So we will advertise or mention or shout out whatever you want. It's 25 bucks. And so we could talk about what we got like uh, charities. Yeah. Or a, a, a show that you're putting on on, you know, online or in person, socially distanced. Or even if you just want to say something personal to somebody um, like the old school dedicating a song kind of thing. Now we're up to our long distance dedication. And this one is from a young man in Canada whose life has begun like a bad dream. So hit us up. We are Star Trek stuff at gmail.com. Hailing frequencies are open. Thank you. And Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Live long and prosper. Yeah, see, I was going to say Rockford Files, but that's a badass intro. No, no, we need something terrible. Mm. Like, because that's just what Faith of the Heart sounds like. It sounds like mm. a really bad sitcom intro. What's the one that starts out standing tall? We just did that. That was oh, uh, okay. Perfect that's, Strangers. That's why, I'm, that's why it's coming to mind. Um, yeah, that's the one that uh, syncs up flawlessly. The whole, the whole song syncs up <laughs> flawlessly with the intro to Enterprise, which is why I didn't do it huh. the first one. Yeah. I had to wait see. like five episodes in until I did it. But um, it syncs perfectly. It's like that uh, Pink Floyd. Um, oh, God. Uh, the stupid, the Yellow Brick Road, the classic movie with the wonder, with the wonder of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> Wizard of Oz? Fuck. Wizard of Oz. Oh, my God.